We've looked at what living books are, how to choose one, and what it looks like to use living books with our younger students. In this episode, we're going to wrap up the Inspiring Your Students to Love Science Through Living Books session with a chat about what it looks like to use living books for science during the middle school years. Hi, I'm Paige Hudson, and you are listening to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we are breaking down the lofty concepts of science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. We will be breaking up this session into three easily digested chunks, just like we did for the three key session, and we're going to share each one of those chunks over the rest of this month. At the end of February, we'll release the full video of the session. In addition to the individual episode posts, we will have a home for all the session's materials at elementalscience.com slash blogs with an S slash news, also with an S, slash living dash books with an S. That's elementalscience.com slash blogs slash news slash living dash books. Well, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's join the Inspiring Your Students to Love Science Through Living Books session. So when we're talking about using living books with middle school students, we're still going to have those three keys. We're still going to be doing some kind of hands-on scientific test each week. We're going to be gathering information from a source, and we're going to be keeping a record. But it's going to look a little different during the middle school years than it did during the younger years. So when we're using living books with older students, we're feeding them with facts in a memorable way. We're reading, we're discussing, we're writing, we're doing some kind of hands-on, very similar to what we did during the elementary years, but at a deeper level. And each one of these pieces serve as a touch point to really firmly affix the material in our middle school student's mind. So our middle school student is full of all that unorganized information we gave them during the elementary years. So remember, our elementary student was that bucket that we were filling with facts. And now we've got this full bucket of facts, but they're not necessarily organized. Our middle school student bounces from idea to idea. And a lot of times when you ask them a question about something, they'll respond with, I don't know. So we're teaching them to be able to access all this information that we know they know. So our goals for middle school science are going to be centered around these ideas to teach them to file away any new information they get and how to access that information that they do know. Our first goal is to teach them to think analytically about science. So we want them to approach science from an analytical perspective. Okay, science is a very analytical subject, and we want to teach our kids to think step-by-step through things. And one of the ways we do this is through our second goal, which is to teach them to practice the scientific method. So the scientific method is the way a scientist thinks analytically about a question that he has. So he has a question, he or she has a question, Uh, they do some research, they formulate a hypothesis, which is an educated guess at what they think the answer to their question will be. Then they do a test, then they do some analysis and draw a conclusion to share the results with the community at large. Okay, so that's how the scientific method works. We can give our students chances to practice the scientific method by using hands-on inquiry-based methods. Okay, so things like 
experiments, formal experiments, where we're giving our students a question to answer, we're giving them a method in which to answer that question, but they've got to formulate a hypothesis based on what they already know. And then they're going to follow those steps. And then they're going to come up with analysis and draw a conclusion. So that's what a true experiment is. And that's why we said there was a difference between a scientific demonstration and an experiment. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But the third goal we have with our middle school students, so we're teaching them to think analytically, we're familiarizing them with a scientific method. And then our third goal is to continue to feed them with information. So we can't jam pack our elementary students with all the scientific facts they need to know in the four to five years that we're teaching them at that level. So we need to continue to feed our middle school students with information while teaching them to organize and connect what they are learning with what they already know. Does that make sense? So what are the components we're going to use for middle school science? <clears throat> the first thing we're gonna use is experiments, okay? These are our hands-on scientific tests. These are student-led, and as teachers, we mentor our students through. So that means that the student is going to be getting the instruction for these experiments. They're gonna be the one mixing the stuff. They're gonna be the one following the steps and you're gonna be the one standing beside them making sure they don't blow up your kitchen. <laughs> our middle school students are gonna be using experiments. You can still use nature study with your middle school stu students finding science in nature. But when we're doing our nature studies with our students, we're expecting quite a bit more from them. So we're expecting more detailed observations, not just one sentence. Does that make sense? Good. And then the second component we're going to have is information. And they're getting that information again from living books. So their main source of information is living books, but we're going to also partner that with some kind of reference book. We can use encyclopedias in partnership with living books to kind of uh, round out what your students are, are learning. So in this way, living books can be a good way to uh, teach both your middle school and your elementary school students together because you can read from that same living book to everyone and your elementary students will take it and run with what we discussed earlier and your middle school students you'll partner that same reading with some kind of reference book to give them a deeper look at the science that's been covered okay so we have our experiments each week we'll have some kind of information each week and then we'll have writing so their writing is going to be more structured, more thought out. For elementary years, we were just asking our students some questions and then we were writing down, you know, one to four sentences narration of what they've learned, okay? When we get to the middle school years, we want their writing to be more structured. So they're moving from these written narrations, these short written narrations, to lists of facts. So we're gonna list out all the facts that we've learned. Then we're gonna create an outline. Now it's much more difficult to outline a living book. So that's why we're adding in those encyclopedias and they can outline what they learned from the encyclopedias instead. And then they're gonna be writing paragraphs. So they're gonna be writing summaries of what they've learned, which are much more detailed than the one simple narration. Instead, they're gonna be writing multi-paragraph summaries, okay? So that's the progression they'll make through the middle school years to get ready for high school. So don't expect your uh, fifth grader or sixth grader to be writing long drawn out paragraphs about what they've learned. Instead, they're just gonna be doing bullet points, a list of facts, and then as they get older, they'll move through the progression of, of writing. 
And then the fourth and final thing we're going to be adding into our plan for our middle school students when it comes to living books is we're going to take once a year to work through the scientific method from start to finish. And we'll do this through a science fair project. I know the science fair project scares a lot of people, but really it's very simple if you break it down into eight steps. You take about a month or two uh, to work on their science fair project And it really is one of the best ways we can give our kids a chance to practice the scientific method from start to finish. If you go into iTunes and look for the tips for homeschool science show, you'll see, uh, I think it's episode 28, where we start talking about the science fair project. And then after that, there's uh, seven episodes that will walk you through the eight steps of how to do a science fair project. So there is help out there for you to do a science fair project. I really, really encourage you to do one with your middle school students, especially if you're using living books, because we tend to partner living books with nature study, and they don't get as much chance to do those experiments where they get a chance to look at the scientific method. All right, so let's look at what a week looks like uh, using living books with middle school students. Day one, we'll read, discuss, and write. Very similar to uh, day one with our elementary students, except for we're doing this at their level. So they're reading, we're reading to everyone from that living book, and then they are on their own uh, going and reading from a coordinating encyclopedia page. So something that will uh, dig a little deeper into the science that was introduced in the living book. Then we're going to have some discussion time with them. So we're going to ask them, more specific questions or more probing questions. We do want to ask them a couple comprehension questions to make sure that they've absorbed the information. But then we also want to ask them questions like, why does the dwarf birch shrub grow in low clumps? So if we've read about the dwarf birch shrub in our living book, and then we're also having them read a little bit more about Arctic plants in an encyclopedia, and then we're asking them a question, okay, so why do you think that on the tundra, these dwarf birch shrubs grow in low clumps. And asking more probing questions is uh, causing our students to, our middle school students to think about the material they read. They're not just regurgitating facts. They're actually taking things that they know about the Arctic environment, uh, things that they know about plants on the tundra, and applying it to what they've just read. Does that make sense? Okay. And then we're going to have them write. So we're going to have them do a list of facts. We're going to have them uh, do some kind of outline or a summary from what they've read. Okay. So that's what our read, discuss, write day will look like. And then day two, we'll be rinsing and repeating. So we'll be doing the same thing over again. Just like with our elementary students, we're read, discuss, and write. But with our middle school students, that discussion or that reading and the discussion and the writing are going to be at a deeper level. Okay. Day three, we'll be doing some kinds of hands-on again. And just like we did with our read, discuss, and write, we're doing this at a deeper level. So we're doing experiments where the students are leading it. And if you want your younger students to sit in and watch your older students doing their experiments, that's perfectly fine. Um, It's good for our older students to lead things, to get some practice leading things. But their experiment sheet, what they've written from this activity is going to be more detailed. So they're going to have a title. They're going to have their hypothesis. They're going to have their materials. They're going to have the procedure. They're going to have their observations, which are the things they saw, and the results, which are the things they measured. And they're going to have a conclusion. So as you can see, their record of their hands-on activity is much more detailed than the simple one we talked about for the elementary years. 
And then if you decide to do nature study with everybody as the hands-on science activity, their nature journal needs to have a date, uh, the place, just like the elementary students, their observations, and their observations should be much more detailed than the one sentence we required at the elementary students level. And then some kind of sketch. So their picture uh, will be labeled, for instance. So if we're observing plants, we're not just taking a picture of the plant we've seen, we're sketching the plant and we're labeling the different parts of the flower or we're labeling the different parts of the plant that we observed. Okay, does that make sense? So like I said, your middle school student is gonna be doing everything at a deeper level, okay? And then we can use day four and five to reinforce what they've learned. So they can research and read from the encyclopedias on those days if you don't want to do it on day one and day two. Then they can also do uh, additional coordinating projects that go along with it. So month-long projects that go along. So if we're studying plants, we're creating a catalog of the plants that we've learned uh, as a month-long or as a unit-long project to go along with it. We'll do some kind of memory work. So we're memorizing the parts of a plant or we're memorizing the parts of a flower as we're going through the unit. And then we can add in quizzes and tests. So if you want to kind of get them familiar with what it's like to study and take tests, we're adding uh, those quizzes and tests as a part of it. And then also we can do that science fair project on day four and five. We can work on that. So your middle school student is going to be reading, discussing, and writing for a day or two. They're going to be doing hands-on activity, and then they're going to be doing uh, activities that reinforce for the rest of the week. So that's what science will look like uh, when we use living books with middle school students. So before we wrap up our discussion, I just wanted to give you a couple of places where you can look for living books. The first place would be mainlesson.com. These will be where you can find older science books. You just look under subjects and they'll find you can find those. Uh, you can find those older science books at archive.org or at sassfrassscience.com. On our blog, we have a post called Living Books for Science. You'll see it on the right-hand side when you're in the blog tab. And you can click on that. It'll give you a list of living books you can use uh, with your kids to teach science. So I want to thank you all for coming. Living books are incredible tools that we can use to inspire our students to love learning about science. If you still have questions or would like to check out a modern option for teaching science with living books, you can find me at the Elemental Science booth. Well, I trust you now have a picture of how you can use living books with middle school students to teach science in your homeschool. I have really enjoyed sharing about inspiring your students to love science through living books over this month. Next month, we'll share a session that's all about everybody's favorite topic, experiments. In the meantime, we've added links to several more tips and tools for using living books with middle school students to the page for this episode, which you can find at elementalscience.com slash blogs slash podcasts slash 40. That's elementalscience.com slash blogs with an S slash podcast slash this episode's number, which is 40. If you still have questions, go ahead and leave me a comment over there and I'll answer as soon as possible. If you've enjoyed this peek into our conference vaults, would you take a moment to leave a review for the tips for homeschool science show? I would really appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great week playing with science. 
This peek into our conference vault has been sponsored by Sassafras Science. If you're looking for a living book to supplement your current science program or for a complete plan for science based on a living book, Sassafras Science has what you're looking for. Follow the Sassafras Twins as they zip around the globe to learn about science in a fast-paced, adventure-packed living book. Then, add in the activity guide and logbook to create a complete plan for homeschool science. Come on and take a journey to learn science at sassafrasscience.com.